Best wide-angle lens? Two steps backward, look for the aha. We always point the lens both outward and inward. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode 186 for the end of June 2023. And we are now ensconced in summer. I don't know about you, where you are. But it's easy breezy here. It's a beautiful day. Is it? Oh. Yeah. 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 Well, we're now muggy and hot and sweaty. Uh, maybe not like August or July, but, uh, it's, it's starting. It, it's starting. Yeah. I, I get up in the morning and I'm walking out my door and my neighbors, how you doing? I'm like, you know what? I'm already sweating. And I just, I haven't <laughs> walked to the elevator yet. Um, I, I am noticing now on our weather cast on the, on the radio show, I listen to my NPR radio show, the radio, um, the host is now including the air quality index. Uh, as part of the uh, so was, thank you for your smoke yeah and, that's we get that stuff <laughs> my, through much of the summer actually we get the air quality indexes but they never the said that forecast. before i mean i know I've, I've got it on my apps you know you can look at it because it's fun and it's a new new data point so there you go right and just adds nothing yeah. to chat about the old yeah. ladies on the bench down on notion parkway are like oh i heard it was yeah. going to be 250 today oh, oh. I don't know, it was at 175 my my friend and neighbor who will remain nameless, um, someone you met, but I'm not going to mention yeah. any names. Yeah, yeah. So don't mention any names. Decided to go out jogging on that day. Um, on the, <laughs> on, the on that air. Wednesday, Super on that Wednesday when our air quality was at air QI was at 417. We didn't ever have anything like that. We had in the 300 somewhere at 417, and and. This person goes out and jogs, and he's probably listening to this, so I'm not mentioning your name. You're nuts to go out jogging in that. I'm sorry that you feel so bad, but the, with the old Johnny Carson joke, as I probably said this before, was, you know, took a deep breath in and chipped my tooth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so a AQI is now part of our, now part of the nomenclature for weather. So, but yeah, it, it feels like summer uh, has kicked in. We just passed the solstice and, uh, yeah, it, you know, I'm walking around in shorts now and, uh, enjoying the, the outdoor time, you know, mm -hmm. so going out to our, oh, so, well, speaking of which, I'll, I'll just launch into it. I'm going to have, um, a show, I, I may have mentioned this, but we definitely nailed it down for the uh, date, the show I'm going to have at the coffee shop in my neighborhood. Oh, cool. Congrats on uh, that, by the way. That'd be blues, cool. huh? That's congrats. Like any oh, well, thank public you. exhibition of work is the best. Yeah. And it's going to happen initially. We started talking about a date August 3rd, which I think is a Thursday and a backup date of a week later. Um, I don't know like when good days are to have openings and stuff like that, but it doesn't matter. Um, this, uh, the owner of the place, his name is Sherman. You met him. Really nice guy. I did. Nice guy. Yeah. And he wants to make this space that he has into this artist space as well. A public, you know, you know, uh, I'll be the first of hopefully many artists who will be able to, uh, uh, exhibit their work in a coffee shop. I mean, I've, I've had that, I've done that before. I've been in a couple of coffee shops and a juice bar and it's they're kind of fun. You know, it's low mm -hmm. key. It's not a big deal to yeah. have the stuff there. And actually, you know, 
it's one of those things I kind of recommend to to anybody who wants to show their work, because mm -hmm. often I, I've noticed that coffee shops don't like they'll have a picture or two hanging up there, which they've never changed or never worked on, and to offer you know to put up work in uh, in their spot, I, I think is a good way to you know uh, sort of have like you know it's a low key show, it's not a gallery, but you know. Yeah, but it's it's still cool. I mean, and you're leveraging your zine, right? Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the on. other thing. Yeah, I got to figure out what images I have. I'm going to leverage the zine. I'm going to attempt to make a second volume before then, uh, okay. which since I did my first one in a couple of days, I think I could, well, I think I, I could whip one out, but I want to be a little more careful mm -hmm. on this one. But yeah, I'm going to leverage it. And I, we had talked, me and the, and the owner had talked about the subject matter and the idea is to, I want to keep it related to the neighborhood so that, mm -hmm. it, you know, people have something to relate to, but it makes it tricky, you know, cause I can only have about in terms of space and also in terms of the size of the prints and the cost, right. I figured maybe between 12 and 14 prints. Yeah. That's enough. Um, that's quite a few. I think that it is quite a few. Get. I might have to go on the lower end of that because uh, the place I'm going to get the prints made of at uh, Adorama Picks, or now they're called Printique, which is mm. maybe not the best name, but whatever. Uh, I'm going to have them printed on. I'm not going to frame this stuff. It's just going to be too expensive. So I'm going to mm -hmm. mount them. Uh, it's going to be mounted on foam core. Mm -hmm. So uh, like quarter inch foam core or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, full bleed. Um, kind of thing. So it'll just be like giant pictures stuck to the wall. And and he's going to have a system of, uh, I think he's going to use a steel cable All right. going across. I, mm, I'm a little iffy about that. Uh, he, he does have a steel ca cable going across now where he's hanging menus on. And he's been able to tighten it with these turnbuckles so that oh, okay. it's really tight. But I think for having more stuff on there that would ultimately be heavier, even though I think prints on foam core won't be that heavy. Right. But I imagine if further down the line, other shows people are going to hang things that the cable would start to sag and that might be a problem. And you might have to put hooks up every now and then and wrap the wires around yeah, to keep them to keep the, the, the cable elevated a little. Yeah. Actually, I don't think he can, he can't wrap the cables around because then you can't tighten the turnbuckle. But I had also just suggested to him uh, one place I had gone to. It's actually two places where I had gone to. One was a bar and one was a juice bar, like a bar bar, and then the other was a juice bar. It's the same show. They used um, electrical conduit, like that that oh, yeah. um, those pipes, those little thin yeah. conduit pipes. Yeah. And they had mounted them because they also had exposed brick walls, and they had mounted them across and drilled in the bricks, and that gave like a rail. Mm. Uh, for anybody to hang things on. And, and you just use um, molding hooks, which right. uh, you just hang there. And then, you know, I use chains uh, to hang my prints because it was really the system I came up with, which my wife, Elizabeth, actually suggested. She said, come up with chains, and she helped me design it because then I could change the length very easily using these oh, little right. um, these uh, the little S hooks yeah. inside of it. And you can just choose different lengths. And then it made it very easy to to line the show up uh, so that everything looked even. Uh, cool. So he's going to use wire. I don't think it'll be an issue with mine, but we'll see. Although I imagine the chains will be adding some weight too. So I really don't want these sort of things to sag in the center, right. you know, like which would really be a kind of a drag. Um, and it does mean he could, you know, if that doesn't work out, he can take the steel off and try something else for another show. Anyway, sorry. 
No, a lot fine. of technical talk. But uh, yeah, so the 12, let's say 12 prints for now. Uh, I have to design them sort of the opposite direction of the book. <laughs> right. Because you're walking the, in from, you, and the prints will be on your right-hand side. On the right side, in. yeah. And and how to sort of summarize nicely um, the images, the, the idea I have for the show in 12 pictures. I know you're saying that it's a lot, and it's a good amount of pictures for a show. But I'm having a tricky... Um, I'm a little bit of a hard time figuring out how to how to make the flow. That's why I'm asking you guys in the in the in our, our Discord or in our unusual Discord, <clears throat> excuse me, to um, you know, when I start getting pictures, to give me a hand because I need I need some outside um, eyes sure. on on this. So hopefully you you give me some. Some advice. You just give me some smart ass comments, actually. Haven't <laughs> yeah. We haven't been too we haven't been terribly helpful. So Yeah, well, yeah. That's true, but I haven't put anything up yet. So we're you know, we'll just we'll just chalk that off as, as yeah. write it off as nothing happened. But uh yeah, I think the prints will be in the twenty to twenty four inch range. Oh nice. Whether they'll be, be good. Where, one of your hydrants or chairs or something. Well, I was thinking cool. about the like the hydrants. I, I, for anybody who doesn't know this, I'm doing a, you know a whole collection of hydrants, and I, I showed you guys that you saw the picture I did with all of them put together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I might want that as a print, but I don't know if that will fit in the show. Like, will it fit the subject? But in itself, I should print that out just for myself. I wanted to do uh, you know I did the, I think it's eighteen of them, six by three. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, and they look great when they put them all together like this and you know, start calling them like, like, you know, a typology. <laughs> I said, yeah, well, yeah, it's, a, it's your homage to the Beckers. The Beckers. The Beckers. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, not, not as intricate and, you know, as theirs and, and, uh, methodical, but you know, in my own way, but, but color monoliths, you know? Yeah. I, it's funny to look at them all together, you know, and see them is that actually, that was something I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um so i figured i'd talk to you on the show why not yeah. <laughs> my wife's a quilter so i often get i often get called in to do color consults and arrangements of different squares of patterns for each you know you know it's like a 10 inch square and how they should be arranged on the quilt and i uh, find myself pretty useful in helping her with that Okay. Well, let me ask you, since we can just share this with everybody, what what would be the way that you would go about this? Like knowing the pictures that you saw of mine without getting specifics about the pictures, because we don't show pictures in the show. Yeah. But how do you think I should think about the 12 pictures or 14 pictures? Um, I want to say advice, but what would you think the flow is? What do you think I'm trying to say? I mean, do you have any thing in that way that I can start thinking about it. Um, well, do you have a group of 20 or 25 that you would want to select? Like do the yeah, initial I, call. I do have a selection. I, I think okay. I need to add a little bit more to pair them down, but yes, I, I have a selection. And but so what, and then from there, um, maybe you switch to what is it that you want to say about the, uh, about the hydrants? That's so you, the part. Well, that's the part. Not, I'm not talking about the hydrants themselves. I mean, it's not a show about hydrants. Okay, I mean, just, okay. Uh, so, oh, I've just of of the of the, okay, so. of the whole of the whole. All right. Thing, so, you what? Know. You know, what is it that you want to say? Do you, is, are you all about the tiny details of the neighborhood, or are, are there going to be wider images? Like, you want to 
ah. create an environment of I am in Brooklyn, or do you want to say Brooklyn is awesome? Or do you well, want actually, to say, I want to create an. I want to create the environment of my, like you know, my neighborhood. You know, the idea I have is, is all the little things that we don't pay attention to. Okay. That um, sort of color the neighborhood. You know, we're we're sort of. It's. I was thinking about that phrase. You know, uh, um, what is it? Seeing the uh, seeing the forest for the trees. For the trees. Yeah. I was thinking about flipping that around. <laughs> seeing the trees for the forest you know okay. the, that that phrase means that you're too uh paying attention to the details and not seeing the bigger picture i want to yeah. say you know part of me wants to say look at the details pay attention okay. to these details there not, not so, ignore the bigger picture but the details are what helps make it up make up the bigger the bigger picture so then that'll help guide the images you're actually going to select it's all about details or it's mostly about details and then you have the added advantage of the people that are coming in are not seeing some abstract, airy-fairy kind of artwork. They're seeing details of their own neighborhood that they very likely will, mem will memorize, will recognize. Um, and that'll, that'll create quite an emotion, I'm sure, in, in your viewers. Okay. I know it will, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Having done a book and have people go through the book that, you know, of a place that people know really well and they, they're like very emotional going through them. I have no doubt. Then you have color too, which we didn't have. So yeah. That'll really bring it. No, I think, yeah, the small details, you're doing your trees for the forest. My guess is that you've noticed that when you're doing this, you're, you're almost too close to your own work. And you just said something that made me think about this. You know, people are going to come in and they're seeing your book for the first time and they're having an emotional experience about it. Yeah. You've lived with the pictures for however long it took you to do the book. You've touched them. You've moved them around. You've, yeah. You're you're almost like, I want to say, you, you've I want to say had enough of it, but you're kind of numb maybe because of just that multiple times of seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're reminding me that... Um, someone's going to come into this and have not seen this stuff at all. And, right. and so I'm looking at it from the sort of jaded point of view that I've seen these pictures, I've been shuffling them around, I put them into a book, you know, blah, 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 blah. Who wants to see these? Okay, <laughs> but like, you have to go step back and go, why did I select these particular pictures? And because I think they're the best pictures. After that, you have to trust, you're in the process now. Your selection... You know, maybe you'll have to cull whatever ones mm -hmm. that are not as strong as others, but there's a reason why you pick those the, that those first twenty that are the candidates, um, and 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 then you have to leave it after that. You just say what's going to work the best in this, and if you find yourself lost in the weeds, then you have to step back and okay, go, why did I pick these pictures? If you need mm -hmm. to make changes, you can make them. It's not like you know, it's a big piece of marble that you're going to have to break up and start it all over again. It's just uh, arranging photographs. Um, hmm. So, uh, you know, I'd say that, well, that was one of the things I, 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 I liked. And now, I, you know, we talk about the book so much, but, uh, you know. Well, go ahead. Talk, you know. Bear with me. The thing is, though, <laughs> um my memory is getting worse and worse about how the book was created and we, you know, really should get, as you get further away from, as we get further away from, I'm kind of mythologizing it about what I did and what Mark did. And I don't really remember too much now so much about it as much as I did early on. But, um, 
we just felt motivated. Like it was enough to, it was, it was hard to get me kind of out of bed and start working on it in the <laughs> yeah. beginning. You know about that, you know, the project yeah. you and I are working on. But once you're in it, it's, it's, it's really good. And it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, I think, I think it's fun. I, I didn't really feel jaded. You feel tired. Working I, at jaded the was the wrong word. It's just, it's yeah. just, you, you're, you know, you've seen them, a, you know, a thousand times. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, when you come to New York city, you're coming for the first time. Right. And I can't see New York as a first timer. Like I've seen right. it so many times, so I can't look at it through your eyes. What you're saying is that someone's going to come in, they're going to read your book for the first time. They're going to see it through their eyes, which has never been done before. And that's a wholly different experience. And, and to, to try to keep that in mind for me is hard because I live with these things all the time. And, and you're just reminding me that people haven't seen your pictures or haven't seen yeah. my pictures and right. they're going to see these things and they're going to either like them or dislike them or question them or be yeah. wonder, you know, there's going to be all sorts of reactions to them. Yeah. But um, then that's why I say the selection process is just going through the motions and determining aesthetic, determining aesthetically the way it should be laid out. And you have to trust that the selections you made in the beginning were right. Um, I don't think it has to be, I don't think you have to think about it much more than that. Okay. All right. I would, so know, not keep the, keep the, keep the, the gravity out of it. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, th a kind of creeping perfectionism that doesn't suit anybody. You know, at, at some point you go, you know, it's a picture of a horse for crying out loud. It's a picture <laughs> of a chair for crying out loud. <laughs> like, there's this one picture you have of a cow. And I love that it's in out in the field and it's the cow is right dead in the middle of the frame. Oh, you remember that staring picture? at the yeah. camera. Well, mm -hmm. no, because I, my, my critique of was, was that look at me, I'm a cow, damn it. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's, that's the reaction. That's the feeling I get as a viewer, right? It's sort mm -hmm. of like this picture is about this cow in this moment, you know? Uh, and that's what. I mean, that's what your hydrant pictures and your, all your object pictures are. It's just the celebration of the details of these little neighborhood artifacts. It's, I'm glad to hear you say that. I was beginning to, I was not starting to feel down about it, but like maybe it's just I'm, I'm so into it and I do it every day. I walk around and I'm finding less and less stuff to photograph just because I feel like I've photographed so much stuff already. And, and you uh, do something else, get, you know, hire a model and do some kind of studio right, thing. Right. You There's know. a certain point I where I'm oversaturated with what I'm doing. And also, you know, when I actually look at my Lightroom catalog for, I call it neighborhood walks, and I've dumped in something like 5,000 pictures into it. And, mm -hmm. uh, not all of them are different, but there's a, you know, I start looking through the difference, like, holy crap, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of different things in there. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's a lot, that's a lot of stuff. And maybe, you know, if I'm trying to expect myself to capture more, it's like, well, you know what, there's like, there's only so far I can walk in the morning, mm -hmm. uh, distance wise, you know, to, to, which is my sort of, uh, uh, the, boundaries of uh of this project i'm working on it's it's generally pictures that i'm doing while i walk in the morning yeah. um and to try to have a life so i come back and you know yeah. anyway uh so uh yeah i gotta i gotta i want to say put it to bed but maybe just not beat myself up about it so much that i'm not coming up with more stuff or like 
okay, move on to what's next. And and actually, to be continued in a sense, I don't want to talk about this tonight, but I'm not sure what the next move is. I'm very curious. You said get a model, and I've been thinking about that for a little while, but uh, haven't gotten around to to getting that together. Um, I might wait until I might wait until the weather is a little. Um, you less know, oppressive less oppressive yeah doing outdoor shoots with models in the summer is just a, <laughs> yeah if i was gonna do anything outdoors i mean getting a studio is something i'd want to do and i think i would want to do I, I already have a couple of people lined up who would want to model for me they're friends of mine i work with at brick yeah and uh really um like i i've i've done some behind the scenes pictures of them just while I was working on some of the jobs and stuff like that, yeah. while we we're like behind the scenes stuff like that. And I really enjoy those pictures. And, and uh, so, yeah, that might be next on the line and then whatever else comes up. So who knows? I, I have been, um, I have been doing some street photography again though. Like right. street, street, like what? You yeah. I just found myself. Yeah. I just found myself in, in certain places in the city uh, where was I? Um, I went out to dinner with my, a couple of friends this week and was in Chinatown. So I got there early, um, mm -hmm. just timing wise. So some of the same streets we walked around and I brought my, uh, X pro three and I had a 16 millimeter on it. And I was like, Oh, this is the same Not camera. That crazy I used. 17 you had when we were walking. No, around. no, it wasn't the 17, the, 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 uh, the manual 17. It's a, it was a Fuji 16. Okay. I didn't really feel like doing any manual focus and stuff like that. It just, yeah, the 16, two, eight or the 16, the 16, two, eight. Yeah. No, I don't have okay. the one. Yeah. Four. I don't, I don't Yeah. Uh, interesting lens. It, you know, it's that, it's that focal length, which is kind of what, you know, we wanted to also talk about tonight is yeah. with lenses and street photography. So I thought that's a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I walked on some of the same streets that we walked on. In fact, we went to the same Vietnamese restaurant that we were at. Okay. The um, one where I had a little uh, brain fart with my math skills. Yes, yes. And we there? were sitting outside, and but we sat, uh, my friends and I sat inside. And, uh, but, but before I got there, I walked around the street and, you know, I had some, like 15 minutes to kill. So I just walked in circles and I took some shots with that. And it was enjoyable to have the wide angle lens mm -hmm. in, Chinatown because it's very crowded and, and that wide angle lens captures a lot and, mm -hmm. uh, because it was autofocus, it was great. But, um, yeah. So I, I, I looked at some of the pictures. I haven't posted them anywhere cause I don't, I don't know. It's just like they're sort of one-offs, yeah. yeah. but, uh, I think I might've, did I post them in our group? No, I didn't post. I posted something in our group. I haven't but, seen. Oh, but I, I posted stuff that wasn't shot in that. Anyway. talking with our um compatriot from the uh, unusual group uh dave swiduck and and uh, hey you dave, guys, how's it you going guys, hey dave yeah <laughs> wave to dave, dave <laughs> yeah hey dave um you guys started talking about lenses and you know i know we we say this this podcast isn't really about gear but gear is part of the thing that we need to deal with with making pictures. So yeah, mm. we're going to talk about gear in a way today, but, uh, you guys started talking about the, the, you put up this picture of a Pentax lens. I was trying to figure out what, where that was coming from well, and what it was in relationship to like what. Okay. What so the, yeah. So shooting the rodeo, uh, again this year, the beginning of June, um, I decided to use an adapted Nikon lens, a Nikkor 
35 millimeter f 2.8 with an adapter. One of the adapters you can find at Ornus Photo. Our unofficial the, sponsor. Our unofficial sponsor. <laughs> uh, so it takes the uh, the Nikon F mount and puts it on the Fuji X and works really well. And uh, I had a great time. It was really frustrating to use right off the bat. I wrote that in my journal. Uh, that was frustrating ah, yeah, to yeah, use. Yeah. And I learned, and I, I mentioned it in the last podcast about um, using the depth of field uh, right, markings the on it scale, so that yeah, I didn't have yeah. to do a lot of strenuous focusing while I'm trying to shoot animals running around. Um, and uh, I, you know, Dave was was interested, and he had I think he has an earlier version of that same lens uh, on at home. And I was just talking. I, I just mentioned that. When I was a, a teenager, I had the Takamar. The it wasn't actually an SMC Takamar. It was just the oh. Takamar, two point five thirty five millimeter on my Pentax K one thousand, and I was not a fan. I never. It was either too long or too short. Um, I was stuck in like indoor venues and stuff like that. With even with Tri-X, I had a hard time. You know, had to be wide open all the time. It was just horrible. I, just, I have you know. PTSD from using that lens. So anyway, I just posted a picture of it to say, hey, look at this beast. Oh, it's, okay. And then you guys started the, talking about, oh, and, and Dave posted his picture of his yeah. Nikon lens. It still has that sticker on it, that gold sticker. The, yeah, the past. Was, yeah. The past, JW past or something like that. Yeah. Is that, what is that, JW or something? Something like that. J-I-P, Something like that, yeah. there's. We're talking about on older, older cameras. Um. There used to be this gold sticker, this oval-shaped sticker stuck on pretty much every piece of gear that you had. And it said it said passed on the bottom and either J-I-W or J something on the yeah. top. Someone someone tell someone, you know, email us and tell me what it said. But I remember like every piece of equipment had do you remember what that what, what that was? What I that think sticker it was, was just that it was a quality control thing, sort of like wine. You know, but they all had them, right? Or was it just yeah. pen? No, it was like every just stuff camera. that was imported from the from Japan. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, they had the past sticker on it, and that way you knew it was legit. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so um, so then we just went back and forth. I posted a picture of my little camera with my one thirty five on there, and blah blah blah. And then uh, and then Dave was saying, oh, he doesn't, you know, don't use that that focal length very much, you know, or he doesn't use adaptive lens as much as he thinks he should and whatever. So we, basically we were just uh, was badgering him to just go use it, just go try it. <laughs> so I think I said, what's the risk, making more sucky pictures? And we can all yeah. make sucky pictures. It doesn't yeah. really matter what the lens is, just go out and try it, so. Well, I was, I was thinking about this in, in relationship to street photography and how um, I've, I've been watching a few videos here and there about, you know, you, you do a search on YouTube for street photography lenses and you get all these people who've got, you know, I'm sorry, there's, I'm going to say geniuses with a, you know, tongue in cheek kind of thing, but the best lens for street photography, the best lens you should use for street photography, as if there's like one you know, focal length or something that you need to use. Uh, the the voice of reason came from um, our friend Sean Tucker uh, talking about his evolution in in the lenses that he used and the focal lengths that he used to finally find where he was most comfortable with. It's actually a good video. If um, I try to remember to post that in the in the show notes so you can go see that. But uh, he he really hones into 
what the 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 ideal focal length for him was mm-hmm. eventually. And you know, he does talk about uh, you know, full frame and, and the equivalent on the APSC sensors and whatnot. But it's an interesting, you know, that I found more of an interesting discussion to find out how you know, uh, how you hone your own eye and how you see the world and what resonates with you. Uh, and then some of these other people are saying, you know, oh, we got to shoot a 28 millimeter or a 35 millimeter. And you guys are talking there about like a 135 and bringing up uh, some of these guys from the past, the Saul Lighters and uh, Ernst Tazes. And Ralph um, Gibson, yeah. Ralph Gibson, he used the longer uh, lens? He used he yeah he came up with this uh, collection of images called Vertical Horizon. They're all vertical um, images uh, that he shot with a, a was it either a ninety or a one thirty five. I want to say it was a one thirty five. And so he walked around and he's basically he's pointing the camera up more, as much as anything else. Mm-hmm. And he has these amazing juxtapositions. Another thing too is it's it's Ralph Gibson in color. So if you've not heard or not seen any of his images, like he's known around the world for his black and white work and his photo books that have these great sequencing and and page layouts, um, it's interesting to see his work in color. And he just knows how to fill the frame. That guy knows what he's doing. Well, yeah, I mean, in a in a with using a slightly telephoto lens, you're going to naturally fill the frame, right? I mean, with most of what you're shooting, just because of the nature of it, you're going to be Sort of yeah, no, I, but I mean, th- not, what I'm he not, puts not, in the frame. Not, I meant I'm like not, what he puts in the frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean like I was criticizing it though. But uh, um, I, you know, as I'm thinking about it, you're looking at these lenses, and first of all, back way back when there must have been less choices of lenses. I mean, today we got lenses coming out of our ears, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody and their brother is making a lens. You got adapters for it. We got every different. You know, it'd be interesting to actually find a lens at every focal length and just sort of put them in a, in a list, right. you know, from like five millimeter, six millimeter, seven millimeter. Like how many can you actually do? Like a socket right. set. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which and lens? from all different brands too, just like, yeah. just to see, is there a, is there a focal length that almost every millimeter part of me believes there probably is, there's probably close to it, but I'm imagining earlier on in, uh, you know, uh, in the time of Saul Leiter and, and, and earlier uh, photographers that maybe there was, l- you might know more of this. Was there less choices in focal lengths? Like 135 is a standard, you know, to me, that's a standard focal length from way back yeah. when. I remember having a 135 on my Pentax Spotmatic and it was a Pentax. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a Pentax lens. But I don't remember there being like, there wasn't a 105. I mean, there was an Nikon and stuff like that. But or am I just like sort of, fantasizing this i just feel like no. there's more lens more choices well, for, i'm thinking for, of the in the 70s late 70s uh looking at the pentax lens roadmap and that's when uh that was sort of the zenith of that era of you know slr cameras um now i remember looking at and there was like um a 17 millimeter rectilinear wide, ultra wide angle that was a big deal and it had that huge element on the front that basically globe on the front of it. But, you know, what you saw in the stores, at least where I was from and kind of in Hicksville there, um, there was 24 was a big deal because it was really 24, wide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 28s, you had a 28 and 28 a 50. was standard. Mm-hmm. Um, the 50 uh, often came with the camera. Um, there were 85s. Some folks had 90s. and Like there was a 85 F2 or 85 
I had the 85 F2. That Pentax lens is actually really good. Hmm. Um, and then, because it was Pentax, I don't think it was a 105. I think it went right to 135. 135, yeah. yeah. And there might be macros in there. There would be a 50 millimeter macro and a 100 millimeter macro. Okay. And then I beyond mean, that, beyond that, and it was just the, kind of the where the, when those zooms, those yeah, those were two hundreds or seventy to two hundred started coming out. They're pretty awful, and they were like f four point five or. And those seem to come out later. Those long zooms yeah. because they were mostly primes before that, like a two hundred millimeter or something like that. Yeah, a two hundred millimeter f four, the Takamar. The, I saw one. I could never f- afford one, but that would be a nice lens to have. Actually, that two hundred millimeter f four. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that obviously lens manufacturing has just become easier over the, you know, less expensive and more companies are making it way back when. There's probably less lenses being made just by the, you know, there aren't that many third-party lenses and stuff like that. Anyway, I don't want to go yeah. on this this thing about lenses like the manufacturers. You really want to talk about them in Yeah, but I mean, that's to... what we saw in the stores, right? It was like, you know, if you're Jones and for a lens, you wanted to go wider because you had something you wanted to cover or... You know, I got a, did I get a 24? I got a 24 later on because I was doing some venue work and I wanted to fit, you know, you're in a small community hall and it's the middle of winter. You're not going to have everyone stand outside and you take a group picture. If you have the 24, you just, you're as far back as you can go um, in the room and have the group stand together and fit everybody in. Um so yeah, that would. Well, you remember you remember your Everett Baker's book that you gave me. Yeah. We were talking about that, and he had the like I can't remember what lens he had, but he would photograph groups in a diagonal. Yeah. <laughs> because we figured out you probably couldn't have fit them if they all sort of went straight, you know, um, uh, parallel to this camera. So by putting yeah. the group into an angle, he could fit them in onto his lens. But I'm talking about this in terms of street photography. I mean, we've got the. I was thinking about this, and this is you know a, a big generalization but you know I'm, I'm imagining that those photographers who use the wider angle lenses the joel meyerowitzes and the gary winogrands and such and set they're the hunters right mm-hmm. you know we talk about street photography as hunting or fishing right you you, hunt, right. you go after and you fish you stay back and then the saw lighters and the ernst hazard using the longer lenses yeah they're the fishers. I, I don't know if that's, I mean, of course, that's just sort of a big generalization, but I mean, it's obvious that the wider lenses are going to push you in to yeah. the into the system further. Alex Webb's using what, a 35 or sometimes, I mean, everybody's using different lenses, but you know, his stuff tends to be more wide, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, you know, I was thinking about it in relationships to myself. My, my, uh, I, I think my real dive into street photography was using I mean, I always took street pictures, you know, once in a while. But like when I got very much into doing it all the time, I was doing it with my iPhone, which mm-hmm. uh, was, I'm sure, I can't remember what the focal length equivalent. It's like a 28, it, isn't it? It's pretty wide. I think it's wider than a 28. The, and okay. then we're talking about some of the earlier, uh, I don't remember the, what iPhone I started doing that with. But, but you know, it offered a lot to be able to grab into one frame. And then I was always then looking for a wide lens uh and then the x20 when i ended up getting the fuji x20 which i think has got the equivalent of a 28 28 on that and i thought wow you know that was perfect i mean i cropped into it a lot um Mm -hmm. you know to make a square for instagram because it wasn't into all that weird um you know putting black bars on top i hated those i really hated that stuff uh so but the 28 gave a certain look 
and and eventually moving to, i was actually disappointed when i got the my x100 because then it had the equivalent of a 35 on it right and i was like oh you know i didn't, I didn't really want that i thought it was a little too um, too tight for you. A little too tight for me because I was so used to the X20. And I, actually, I was just looking back at, I was trying to find a picture that I shot at the uh, Mermaid Parade in Brooklyn uh, in like 2015. And someone, a friend of mine, asked me to photograph her band. Uh, and so I got to walk in the parade, which was unique at the time. And so I had the press badge and stuff. In fact, it was the same parade that Alex Webb and I have the same picture right. of the lobster woman and her child. <laughs> anyway, um, I had brought two cameras with me. I had brought the X20 and my X100. The X100 was brand new mm -hmm. and it was doing, but I shot a lot of stuff with the X20. And, and so I had both, you know, basically a 28 millimeter and a 35 millimeter. You know, both of those cameras, you can't change the lenses on. And I, I had restricted right. myself to that. Yeah. But it, that was sort of my, you know, my, um, uh, transition from a 28 to 35. Right. Uh, but I was in the parade. I wanted to get close to things and there's a, you know, parade has got a lot of expanse. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, I didn't, I didn't shoot, uh, anything that was longer than that. Or I, um, um, I got so used to the X100 and the 35 millimeter lens that now that's become sort of the, you know, the thing I'm, I'm used to seeing. And, you know, in the same way that Sean Tucker was talking about, I think I honed my, my eye to the 35 like he, he said you know when you start shooting with a focal length after a while you start to see in that focal length right. like when you're walking around uh and i very much see in the 35 although lately since i've switched my style of photography and my cameras i'm seeing a little bit more in now the 50 millimeter range but right. it's, you know um and and the one time i've done a street photo with a what did i do with a 300 millimeter I think I was taking my 300 millimeter out and I put it on my Fuji and I, I took a shot of a guy having a conversation with a, with a, you know, a, a firebox and a fire call okay. box. I think he was having a rough morning. <laughs> and so oh. he was talking to the box and I was like halfway down the block and I took the picture and, you know, I look at that picture and, and, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, I just, it's a one-off, right? I don't yeah. do telephoto. Uh, that's a, that's a, an extreme telephoto shot. But that sense of distance and stuff in street photography, especially with people, I just never resonated with. Yeah. Um, so, um, but what what are your experiences? I mean, tell well, me about it's this. Funny, I'm, my experience going from an X twenty to my first XE three that came with a twenty three. So I went through the same basically the same transition you did, and uh, because I had, had been shooting from the hip. I had to smarten up. Um, you know, I had to make sure my pointing was in the right direction. And um, use and I I liked the uh, the, uh, the the X20 had an optical viewfinder, and um, the XE3 has a has an electronic one. And I I started getting into the electronic viewfinder a whole lot more, and so that was kind of a novelty of it. Um, but I found that my my compositions were better with the 35 than with the 28. With the 28 on the X20, there was, you know, there was just hope. I was sort of hoping more. Oh, here's an interesting subject. I wasn't evaluating what was going on as kind of acutely as I was by the time I got the XE3. And part of that was I had made the investment in this new gear. And so I wanted to make, kind of make it count more. 
or is a little bit more casual with the X20. And I was getting some okay results, but I wanted to make I wanted to make things better. One of the reasons why I bought the camera was to improve the quality of the work. So it's one and of the tightening it up was good. So it's like a discipline. It was giving yeah. you some discipline, yeah. And then yeah, the next lens yeah. I got was a 50, and then that was great <laughs> because now, like, I can. St- I'm, it's not quite like with your 300, but now you're shooting down the street instead of what's in front of you. You can create these sort of more strongly graphical and, in the most for the most part for me, vertical compositions that work wow. with the 50. I go more in a, in a portrait. Um, so that's the the fifty meaning is it would be a equivalent of seventy five in full frame. That's right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just when I get that. Yeah. The, the fact that we have to do this is just drives me friggin' nuts. <laughs> this conversion stuff. Yeah. Can, can I just go off for a second on this? Okay. For just, okay. Just, I'll just cover my ears. Will I be bad no, words? It's okay. okay. No. I, I when I teach a class, in fact, I was just in in my street photography class, I added a couple of slides to talk about the different focal lengths for street photography. And, and I, you know, I narrowed it down to four, right? Four? Yeah, uh, tw- uh, 28, 35, 50, and 85, yeah. just to keep it simple. But when you try to keep things simple for students, and then I got to start thinking, well, gee, you know, that's on a full frame. And then I got to explain what a full frame is compared to an APS-C sensor. And then I got to show yeah. the millimeter equivalence in the APS-C sensor to get the same feel. And it's like, I just want to go, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like stick a screwdriver in my head. Yeah. Uh, and and, and I, I'm not sure how to approach this. I don't know what the solve, you know, because ultimately what it is is the field of view, mm-hmm. right? It's, you know, uh, a 35. To, so we're going to have to say medium telephoto, you know, wide yeah, angle. Yeah, I know. It's just, you know, it's, wider angle. And, yeah, it's, it's, it drives me nuts. And it, only because it drives me nuts, I, I know it in myself. Like, I, it's easy for me to, but I know that you have to say this thing to somebody. Well, if you got a 50 million, and then they look at you like, what do you mean equivalent? What is that? Oh, yeah. and, and I don't blame them because nobody's yeah. telling them this. No. So, um, yeah. So you're saying uh, uh, the a 75 is, is now the. Um, well, for a long sorry, the time. 50, for the 50, yeah. 2018, you, 2019. I walked around with the 23 and the 50 and I interchanged. I went back and forth. The 23 is uh, around my neck, which you saw me uh, in New York. That was the, and then very often the 50 would be on a wrist strap hanging off my wrist. So I could go back and forth. You do stuff with two cameras? I did two handed 2018 and 2019. I did that quite a bit. Wow. That's interesting. I mean, I I remember seeing, I mean, when we were together, I knew you had two cameras, but I thought that was just because you were in the city. You know, for New York, nope. you wanted it to see. Okay. So nope. that's in, in sense of, why not use a zoom lens? <laughs> I'm actually curious. You have two separate, two separate cameras using two different focal lengths. Why wouldn't you have a zoom lens with one uh, don't focal Except for sports and bright light, I have no need. I don't like zoom lenses. My okay. experience has been bad with them. I'm sure they're fantastic now. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I mean, I'm just I use them in, so I use them for sports. I mean, my favorite lens, uh, my sporting lens that I shot the book with was the 24 to 105. Almost all the pictures I shot were the 24 to 105. I mean, with the Fuji, you would have uh, the equivalent would be a 16 to, what is it, the 16 to 16 55? to 55, yeah. Yeah. And that's a 2, F2? Oh, 2, I think. Uh, two 8, I think. Two, it? Anyway, it's it's not bad. And that would cover the focal lengths that you're talking about. But yeah. you're just, I mean, it, this is not really to discuss what's better, prime lenses or zoom lenses, because we can, you know, that could be a discussion for another time. 
But, you know, I, I'm going to, I come across people who are saying, well, why wouldn't you use a zoom lens? Every time I start a class, I'm sorry, back to the classes again, of course, mm -hmm. they all have cameras, <coughs> excuse me, with kit lenses. And, you know, it's an 18 to 55 or whatever crappy lens they get. And, you know, part of me, I feel obliged to tell them, the students, I'm like, get rid of that lens. Like, you know, in street photography, you don't want a zoom lens. You want to use your legs as a zoom lens. You want to figure out your focal length, you know. Um, but Or I tell them, actually, I said, you know, try this. Like, take your, take your zoom lens and, like, use painter's tape and, like, tape the uh, zoom to one focal length and, and shoot like that for a week. You know, your lens will look ridiculous, but then you won't be able to turn the zoom. Yeah. Painter's tape won't uh, damage your camera as far as I can tell. Um, but anyway, it's this whole thing about this is like to, to try to get them. I mean, it's taken us years to figure out what focal lengths we're comfortable with, you know, and how to sort of fast track someone into, into trying something different than the kit lens that they have with them, especially when you're doing street photography. So, yeah. But I wanted but it, to say too, go ahead. another reason why I didn't pick zooms was a space in my bag. Right. Particularly oh, right. if bigger. I went yeah. to two bodies, um, all this, the lenses are basically the same size, right? Except for the 16 F 1.4 which I use in special circumstances, circumstances like inside buildings, which I would, you know, it's an event to change the lenses on the street. So, right, right, right. Uh, but the 50 and the and the, um, the 23 don't really look that much different on the camera. So, you know, and the handling is really no different at all. You're going back and forth between them. So, yeah, no, I, and, and I mean, 23 is my home for a street. I didn't take the lens off the camera when I was in New York, man. That was all I <laughs> used when we were walking up and down mm -hmm. uh, Manhattan. So, and I was uh, happy with what I got from that. I was thinking, what it'd be like to be a hunter with a with a um, slightly telephoto lens uh, in doing street photography. I mean, you, you you naturally have some restriction there because your things are moving. I think a lot. I don't know, would they be moving faster in your zoom lens? Yeah, I mean, in your telephoto. Yeah. Yeah. Your 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 window of opportunity is a lot physically narrower to yeah. to capture something, and uh, you know in a city environment that could be very interesting to you know if you're walking through crowds more and fragments like than, than yeah environment here yeah. yeah so just to let you I mean I I mentioned this in our uh, in our in our Discord group but um, Miticon Mid uh, is coming out with a one thirty five millimeter f 2.5 lens for the fuji gfx which i'm slowly not slowly but like i'm falling more and more in love with this larger format camera yeah, yeah. um for for many reasons right and uh the 135 is it equivalent to what hang on a second let me do the two math well here. oh and, and you got to multiply uh, it by uh, 79 percent of that so 135 times 0.79 equals so 105 Okay, well, it's a one. It's the equivalent okay. of a one hundred five in full frame, which is okay. actually on my Nikon system. Uh, one of the first "quote unquote" like portrait lenses I bought because a one hundred five is considered portrait lens was the one hundred five. Uh, it wasn't the macro version. It was the. Well, I actually have a macro still. I don't know why I sold my other one, but I had the other one. It was a two point. I think it was a two point five. Okay. It was not. It wasn't a two. It was a two point eight or two point five. I can't remember. One of the sharpest lenses on the planet, at least for film days. Uh, so it'll be interesting to go back with a medium format, larger, even larger than 35 millimeter film, 
to to do a 105 millimeter and i have the intention of trying some street shooting with this yeah uh i don't know obviously it'll be a lot different than the kind of street shooting i've done before and it's a manual lens too uh and it's it's being sold for some insane price. I was going to say, yeah, it's two ninety nine. It's three hundred dollars. I mean, it was like you know, any lenses for the GFX, like you know, the Fuji lenses are really up there, and I I can guarantee you this lens quality is not going to be anything close to the Fuji lenses. But I've got a Miticon sixty five millimeter, which I'm using all the time, especially for a lot of the sh shots that I'm going to do for the for the show and the neighborhood and stuff like that. I use that in my um my uh. My X-H2 with the, what do I got? It's this lens, which is, uh, it's a 35. It's a uh, TT Artisans 35 manual. Yeah. And so that ends up being about the equivalent as the um, Speedmaster 65 millimeter on my GFX. They're about the same right. uh, focal length. So I get yeah. roughly the a similar kind of image. So it'll be interesting to, to approach uh, the world using the 105 with the big camera, but the Minigon 65 millimeter, the quality is fine. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I'm, I was watching a Peter McKinnon video today. Mm -hmm. He was talking about this new Insta 360 little action cam. Yeah. Uh, anyway. And he was talking about, um, uh, how for him these days, quality of the image doesn't matter as much. Um, it just stuck in my head about to like, you know, he, he was talking about like videos that he puts on TikTok or whatever. Like people don't, you know, comment and say, well, there's a great video, but I wish the quality was better. Right. You know, <laughs> and, and I was thinking about that in relationship to photography. I was like, you know what? That's, that's interesting because, you know, we get all the, these people who everybody does this when we're looking at the lens and we're looking at the corner edge sharpness and all this kind of stuff. I mean, um, uh, the, with all respect to the guys at uh, DP Review or now at Petapixel, I'm, I'm glad they do those lens reviews and stuff like yeah. that, just like anybody does, because it's great to know what you're getting into. Yeah. And like, I don't care. I'm like, I'm caring less anymore. And so I'm looking at a $300, 135 millimeter lens for a medium format camera. How good could the quality be? Yeah. But it could be fine. You know, it, it could be fine. It'd be interesting to try to, I mean, it's, a, an, it's also, you know, a manual focus lens and manual focus on the street with... Manual focus with a slightly telephoto lens in a medium format environment is going to be a challenge mm -hmm. on street stuff. It's not going to be like we, we were doing, like walking through, you know, the city with these wide lenses, grabbing stuff fast. I'm going to have to be picky and choosy with mm -hmm. what I do and at some at, at some distance as well. So I that has yet to even come in the mail. I ordered, I pre-ordered it. So we'll see what happens when it, well, when it happens. Let us know when you get it uh, I should probably going. I should, and I, I should probably practice with something. What would be the equivalent of a 105 on a on a APS-C sensor? Uh, 75? 75. Yeah. 75, right? Give or take, yeah. Yeah, so I have a 75, so I should try that. I got that, I've got the uh, the Viltrox 75, which is the largest lens I think I could put on a Fuji camera. But... Um, Anyway, you know, I know we're talking about lenses and gearing out here, and I'm, it, this is not specific to Fuji. This is just what we're using and stuff. But uh, uh, the this idea of doing uh, street photography—I mean, I love saw lighter stuff, and I love—I told you, I think earlier on, at some point, the picture that stuck in my mind—it's not quite a street photography picture, but that Ernst Haas picture of uh, New Mexico down the um, yeah, down that avenue, and um, I. 
I don't, that looks like it's more than 135. It's very compressed, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, I think it could be 135. Really? All right. Because it looks so, there's that compression. More like 200, you think? It could be. But anyway, that kind of picture, like that that kind of compression, that kind of long pull has always drawn me. I've always been drawn to to um, to a lens that's a little bit more telephoto. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, but to see that kind of stuff being done in in street photography and, and trying to figure out how to best approach that is something I'm really curious about, like how to, you know, and and whether or not that would be a focal length, I don't necessarily see telephoto, mm -hmm. um, but it's a kind of a fun experience to be able to to find these things. And again, like I'm shooting these details in my neighborhood, mostly I'm using I'm obviously not using very wide angle lenses because I'm going for detail stuff. Right. So I'm trying to get close up. In fact, even if, if I take something with my iPhone, I use the three times, <coughs> excuse me, the three times lens on that to try to get closer to things because I want to eliminate stuff from the frame. Right. So. Anyway, um, so do you think there's any other lens that you would want to shoot street with, or are you just like you're you're? Well, I think I, I would mean, go. Well, I would street, go in stages. I would go in stages. I'd okay. work with the fifty and say, okay, this week I'm doing nothing else but working with the fifty, instead of having to switch to it. Like when I was walking around in New York, I'm like, okay, well this is not working. I will switch to the fifty, and I'm okay, I'm I've been okay after a couple of years of going back and forth between the twenty three and the fifty for various reasons on the street here at home. Uh, I'm okay with that, but if now if I have to limit myself to just a 50, I'd work on that. And now after the experience I had with the 135 at the rodeo, I'm sure I would try doing the 135. Well, you, you would, really, with it on you the would try that? The 135? Sure. Yeah. Why not? See what I come up with. Like I told Dave, what's the risk? Just a bunch of more sucky photos? I can do well, those Well, certainly no risk, but, what, but what, what do you... Well, you have to actually... If, I was going to say, what are you going to shoot? Like, what would you? But the well, lens you discover. Will help you, that's the whole you thing. You discover. Yeah. That's part of is. Okay, now you now you know. I mean, that those Ralph Gibson pictures are a bit of a revelation. Oh, here's what this guy did. A guy who knows what he's doing can can do this. Um, and they're not really street photos. They're kind of well, I don't know what you're going to dream images or just juxtapositions of different things in interesting ways. I don't know how to. Describe it, um, but yeah, you, you go and you discover and you find something. You find a different frequency with a different lens. Ah, that's interesting. I like that. I like that uh, that analogy. You find a different frequency. As you're saying this, I started thinking about uh, Eugene Smith photographing out of his uh, his loft on uh, on Sixth Avenue. Sixth Avenue, yeah. and often he's using a telephoto lens because he's up three stories and he's photographing you know, what's going on in the street below him. And he's using whatever lens, but he's not using a wide lens. He's, he's trying to zoom in on it. And, yeah. and in a sense, that's a sort of street photography. That's really interesting because it's all from one window and one perspective, but the well, amount of he's a that, fisherman that with the long lens, like you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I like that idea of, of, of a, of a different frequency, like, you know, rotating the dial a little bit and, and hearing what it sounds like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, or in this case, seeing what it looks like <laughs> at a different, yeah. at a different, uh, range. So, all right. Well, uh, and one last thing before, before we wrap up though, you were talking about like you were, um, adding this stuff to your journal. Can you just, uh, like, what were you writing in your journal about? Um, like, how um, are you following up on, on this? Cause I oh, want to no, just mention, Oh, well, the, I was just about the observation about the um, 
about the th- using the 135 and that it was a bit of a chore, but that it, in the end, it I discovered my own kind of creative process with it, and that it was in in what I was trying to, um, what I was trying to capture, what I was trying to get was an emotional feeling, uh, more of an abstract, um, impressionistic feeling mm-hmm. about the rodeo. And it did that because it didn't, it was taking all of the, all of the field of view of distracting detail out and you could really focus on, in on the, you know, graphic thing that's going on. I've got one picture of a, a bull rider who just belly flopped into the <laughs> dirt and mm-hmm. was shot from the chute. Uh, so there's this white bar that goes along the bottom of the frame and his body prostrate on the dust and the dust is still being kicked up because he just landed and he's grimacing and he's in his helmet and his Kevlar vest. Uh, and then the bull just going out of the frame to the right is this kind of L shaped, uh, composition. And it's just this kind of moment after the moment. And I think I mentioned that too. That was part of my observation. And we were talking about the Michelle Pfeiffer picture where right, 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 the, right. the session is done and she's just kind of turned sideways on the stool and she's kicked her feet out. She's relaxed now. She doesn't have to. And it's like that. It's except that he's just recovering from being bucked off. And it's this, this picture that you wouldn't normally see um, of, of, of a rodeo athlete on the ground. I guess what I was, I was curious about was how was it, uh, you know, we've been, what, since a couple of episodes, we've been talking about journals. So yeah. uh, how was it to um, document what you're thinking about in your journal? Like, how is that going? Um, well, I don't, I don't, it's just things I w- would have thought about anyway. I don't, um, I, I, can, I can keep those. Uh, I can keep those concepts up in my head while I'm still working. Like, you know, if you were to ask me two weeks from now, what did, what are the things that you thought about, you know, shooting at this project and I can list them and they wouldn't, the list wouldn't be any different. I don't think I would have lost anything. Maybe if I go back years later to try and recreate, um, you know, how I felt about the lens, how I abandoned the, the Stiglitz picture in the first couple of minutes how I, you know, all these different things, they were just the experience of being there. So I can keep those kind of details in my head. Um, but I, I think where the value of the journal for me won't be so much for source material for myself going forward. It's just really to document my process that way. Um, so I think that's what it's for. It's not really meant to be, you know, art criticism of sure, my own sure. work or any of that. Is it's it, just, is it, it, you're finding it helpful? I don't know yet. It's, it's only yeah, four it's pages still, now. Yeah. So All right. it's just, yeah. and, uh, I got, and I think, uh, had I got it, uh, no, I got that didn't. little sprocket little printer, printer, same sprocket as yours. Sprocket printer, yeah. And I used it to stuck some of my pictures, including the original kind of inspirational picture of Stiglitz's and then just some sample images from stuff that I was doing that was different from what I normally, that's one thing I suppose yeah. I'll learn was, okay, what was I actually doing different with the 135? And there were some examples in there. All right. I just wanted so. to sort of follow up on that since we seem to be doing, I've, I finally picked it up again and, uh, mine's six pages. <laughs> I'm actually, okay. I'm actually mixing it up between like my pictures and, and, um, other photographs that, uh, from other people like, uh, 
I've got um, Lartigue, I think. Lar- I got the Lartigue picture in there, but I also just added a Lee Friedlander picture of his wife looking out the window. Oh, um, I love Lee Maria. Yeah, and and you know, I'm going back and forth between writing about my own work and I'm actually trying to parse out my 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 um my show using the the journal a little bit. Okay. Uh just thoughts and stuff like that and then mixing it up with um other pictures that i like and just writing about it so uh i am enjoying it i like that little printer i like that it sticks i don't know it's the not the greatest quality especially with black and white the color is not so bad no well we figured we figured out how to get the magenta out of it yeah yeah and and, uh, the point is not to make a perfect picture i'm not i don't really care about that the idea is to have something just as a visual record um, but I think that writing in, in, uh, in longhand, uh, is finding, I'm finding it more helpful to remember, mm. uh, some of the ideas and concepts and just things, you know, which is not the same that if I would have, if I was typing it up, I mean, I know it can make a digital journal, but I, I, there is my experience now to being able to write something in longhand, which my writing is just atrocious oh, mine's or, worse than yours I, yeah i know and i'm i keep you know i'm so used to like having spell check <laughs> so but you know i'm giving up on that like if i spell a word wrong i don't care it doesn't matter i know what yeah. it means you know if i spell it wrong it's not that i'm stupid i just don't know every word uh but again i probably want to encourage people that um, want to to if they're thinking about doing a journal i would suggest doing it you know don't overthink it uh, just just get a book of some kind uh, do, you know, cutouts of pictures of your own or print them out or something like that. And, uh, and just start talking about it. I, it, I think it's ultimately going to be good for me. And, uh, I feel like yeah. my brain is going to be, I, I need all the brain power I can right now. I feel like my brain is like turned into mush in the past couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, for many reasons, but, uh, I need to get that energy back somehow. So I thought the journal were good. Anyway, I just wanted to follow up that on the, at the end part here. So well, I think, can, uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll just follow on with, uh, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after is the Calgary stampede. So it's a big state fair, which I do a, a very, I go, I go to the midway every day and, uh, that's my most concentrated street project in my life. <laughs> so, um, so I will be journaling that and that may be very interesting because now it's not these one-off projects of doing the rodeo. It's like where my heart is in the street. So we'll see. Maybe there will be something interesting and more useful than what I've come up with uh, so far. It's good to hear you're keeping it going. So yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Where are we going to be finding you in the world? You're going to be finding me as soon as I can find the webpage that says where you can find me. Um, I am uh, uh, Ward Rosin Photo on Vero and Twitter. I'm Ward Rosin Fine Art on Instagram. You can find me as Ward Rosin Photo or Ward Rosin Photography on Facebook. I have this website called rosin.ca where I have uh, the rodeo book, which I've sold a couple of copies here in the last couple of weeks. Oh, excellent. Great. Um, and um, our unofficial sponsor, I'll say the unofficial sponsor, yeah. is Ornis Photo. That's O R N I S dot photo. And I. Uh, I sell uh, adapters for Fuji X and Sony E mounts, and I also sell a small suite of 7R Designs lenses. Wide angle mounts. for street photography too. I'm Wide sure. angle, yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. it's true. Yeah, and uh, you can find me Am Rosario at uh, Vero Twitter and Flickr. My website is amrosario.com. Facebook is Rosario Photo. 
Our website is streetshots.photography and our Facebook is Street Shots Podcast. But also, look, I'd like to hear questions from people or comments. So uh, drop us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash streetshots. And if you like the way the show's going and you want to help support us, uh, pay for some of the bills, it'd be great. Buy us a coffee. And uh, it was good uh, good talking to you today. I just wanted to just chat about stuff and nothing specific. So Things nice. and stuff. Things and stuff. So... So yeah, thanks for thanks for hanging out with me tonight. And, uh, my pleasure as always. My pleasure too. And uh, I will see. We'll say good night to everybody, and uh, see you in a couple of weeks. Ciao. See ya.